0: To another episode of A Real Page Turner. This is episode eight. Welcome, Donnie.
1: Thank you, Mara. It is good to be here and discuss another uh, book and movie.
0: Yeah. So today we're going to talk about Black Klansmen, a memoir by Ron Stalworth in the movie Black Klansmen. So the book was published in June of 2018. And it's Ron Starworth's memoir about his time working undercover um, infiltrating the KKK, which was what was the most interesting part of it. He was a black man doing that. Um, So that was kind of the premise of the book and his memoir and time with the Colorado Springs Police Department in that undercover operation. So uh, that's what the memoir is about. And I know the movie was very popular when it was released.
1: Yes, the movie. uh, So the movie was... uh... Uh, came out in 2018 uh, directed by Spike Lee and written who also was on the writers on it as uh, along with Charlie Wachtel, David Rett, Rabanowitz and Kevin Wilmot and included in the cast include uh, John David Washington, who's uh uh father i believe is an actor i think his name is denzel washington if you've ever heard of him <laughs> uh, also uh running out the cast include uh adam driver to uh, grace and harry belafonte so the, uh the film was a uh, large, it was a financial success making near uh, almost 100 million dollars against a $15 million dollar budget uh it was a critical uh, success uh, as many proclaimed it as one of one of uh, Spike Lee's great, greatest films and one of the best films of the year It earned uh six academy award nominations uh including best picture Spike Lee actually earned his first best director nomination uh Adam Driver was nominated for supporting actor it was also nominated for its edit its original score and the only oscar it won uh was uh was for its adapted screenplay which marks uh, uh spike lee's first competitive oscar win in his career so obviously a very successful movie yeah
0: it was and it's a, i liked it a lot too
1: yeah it's that um i really like both you know, the book was a very interesting read. It was a good, it was uh, an easy read, like very easy to follow. Uh, and the movie, I really enjoyed it well. Uh, there's a lot of, di- a lot of differences between both that she'll get into, but I did uh, really enjoy it. I thought it was very interesting and just pretty crazy story.
0: Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I thought, you know, and it Opens with that montage of the movie clips with Alec Baldwin, really highlighting and showing the values of the Ku Klux Klan. I kind of didn't know where that came from when I first watched the movie. Because I've seen this movie a few times now, and so I rewatched it after I read the book. But they kind of get into that later in the book. That that is from the um, the Birth of the Nation, the Birth of a Nation book that they use to like spread fear and racism, that that's what they kind of use that for. So, because you could tell when you're watching it that it's actual clips of something going on in the background when Alec Baldwin's in black and white. But, and they show that a few times through the movie, like when they're getting inducted into the KKK, you see that like reel going on in the background. And, you know, I like the way they wove that in because in the book, they talk about that a few different times and how they use that movie reel to induct people into the KKK and kind of the history of where that came from. Um, And I thought that was like a really good way they did that. And the book kind of helped you understand why they did it.
1: Yeah, you know, as someone who's like I'm really like big into movies and know a lot about movie history. <laughs> not to, to my own horn, but anything it's I've um, <laughs> been uh, uh trying to like read as much about movies and you know anything I can get my hands on. Uh but I remember here I've heard about the film Birth of Birth of a Nation. It's like a silent film, and it's uh very and it's kind of regarded as one of the most one of if not the most uh, racist uh film of all time and it you know definitely presents the uh the kKK in a very uh sympathetic light which this sounds uh awful but you know as as you know it's um Very very interesting how they use that. And it's no surprise that the characters would really identify with this film. Racist people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And the other big, you know, kind of like the other difference I think you see is that in the movie, he picks up the phone, um, Ron Stallworth, when he's looking at the paper to call the KKK. And that's how he kind of gets his interest and they pick up. But in the book, you know, it's kind of a little bit more obviously drawn out because you have the, as we talked about the luxury of time in pages that he responds to an ad in actuality in real, in what happened in real life is that he responded to an ad using the PO box of the undercover phone number and the other co- undercover mailbox. And then they responded back to him via that way. And that's how they kind of set up the phone call. So, you know, it it obviously the movie makes, it seems like it happened, you know, very quickly, but it was a little bit, you know, obviously it was time. Ty- <laughs> it was snail mail <laughs> that was happening in the seventies. So, you know, I thought that was a, an interesting kind of switch there just because probably for, you know, the essence of time.
1: Yeah, and it presents like a much visual aspect there because it would kind of be kind of lame if it just shows him writing out a letter and mailing it. Right. You know, it doesn't there's nothing it's hard to like visualize that whereas, you know, in films, films like, you know, obviously this film was a claim for its script and that, that you know, you want to get dialogue in there and you want to have characters interacting. So it presents a much uh, bigger
0: The other thing I really liked about the book is that you really understood like Ron Stallworth's career in in the police and that he spent a lot of time in the ranks and he spent a lot of time in uniform before getting this undercover assignment. You know, and I, I liked that because you got to understand, you know, his career. And where he came from, and you get a little bit of that in the movie, but again, has to be condensed due to time. But, you know, it's really interesting for to understand that he was probably one of the first black men in the Colorado Springs Police Department. And I thought that was, you know, really. And you see that in the in the movie. But I like the history that he shares in the book. You know, you get a lot of the history in the book, which I, I tend to really enjoy. But the movie's action oriented. And it's, you know, very jazzy and it's, you know, it's, you know, keeps your, and I have now become 80 since I used the word jazzy. Um, (laughs) So I apologize, listener. I'm not, I'm not that old, (laughs) but he, he, you know, obviously there's more drama because there's much more with Flip Zimmerman with them trying to, you know, decipher whether or not he's Jewish. And that doesn't really, you know, come out in the book, you know, that he feels it because They question him and they want him to attest to not being Jewish. You know, it's obviously the stakes feel much higher in the movie than they do in the book. And the other really cool thing I thought in the book is that they never really, they've never identified who Flip Zimmerman actually is. You know, he's like obviously a very big character in the movie and you see him and you see the undercover and the stakes and what's happening. But in the book, they've never actually revealed who he was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's no Flip Zimmerman. Like they used
0: his name, but I don't think that's his actual name. Yeah. Like he's never come forward and say, Yeah, that was me.
1: Yeah, they just referred to him as someone named Chuck. And there's no mention of uh him being Jewish at all. And and it does like, you know, and it does like you mentioned, raise the stakes a little bit in the film, in the film, because you have, because that, that part with like the lie detector test, which he called, which he angrily calls it a Jew detector test. And, you know, because of this like tense moment and you're thinking like, oh, you know, I'm watching, I'm thinking like, is he going to take it? Like he's like, you know, a cop, so he probably may have some experience. So it may be something where it shows him taking it and beating it or that, and, you know, and then you get the moment where Ron tries to Create a diversion by throwing the rock through the window and which I. The, like, it led to kind of, um, not a real funny moment, but kind of like a bit of a dark humor where, you know, they chase after him and start like shooting at him. And then J- Flip takes the gun from the KKK member and, and starts shooting and starts shooting at his, his partner there. So he's probably, you know, trying to shoot, but not shoot too well.
0: Right. <laughs> Purposely yeah. missed, you know.
1: So it's Yeah, you definitely, uh, Spike Lee definitely used a lot of humor in the film uh because obviously like the whole story sounds like pretty absurd like how does a you know a black man like infiltrate the kkk and you know it, it looks like it looks like not a story that would not be very believable at, at all like how would that e- how would that even work and you know but it's true for the most part but some embellishments in the film so you know and it there's a lot of like a, a a lot of absurd moments and, you know, like when, especially like in uh, Ron's uh, phone conversations with the KKK members and David Duke specifically, where he kind of says all these horribly racist thing- things that must have been tough to come out of his, his mouth. But, you know, the kind of juxtaposition of seeing that creates a little bit of uh, dark humor.
0: Yeah. And I mean, some of that dialogue is straight from them. I think some of it's straight from his memoir, you know, that he really did have to put himself in that position to say, you know, terribly racist things about himself. But yeah, I, it's an interesting take because you got the feeling that, you know, I've never met Ron Sowers, but he seems like He's pretty, you know, he was kind of amused by this whole situation. And, you know, what I really think you got from the book, and you don't see it as much in the movie is how much, you know, tactics like they kind of really used, like, like they knew that David Duke and the other gentleman who was like the, the leader at the site, they knew how to work up, right? Like Ken O'Dell, who's not in the movie, um, who I think, you know, basically Felix and Walter are a composite character of Ken O'Dell. So, you know, you get more about Ken O'Dell in the book, who was like the local leader for the Colorado Springs KKK and David Duke. And you get like a little bit in the book of how they really kind of work them, right? Like they knew they wanted to be praised and adored and felt important. And they kind of work them like that, making them, you know, as they say in the book, like they looked a little stupid, right? (laughs) Like they, they really kind of pulled one over on them. And I thought, you know, you get that in the movie, right? Like, you know that, but the book kind of draws that picture out for you that they exactly, they knew what they, they knew they were using their tactics that they learned another undercover to get information which I thought was really neat. And yeah, the other I, part that I liked too, that is true in both, that I, I was interested to see when I re- watched the movie. And you know, the when they're at the that dinner and Ron Stallworth has to guard David Duke, it had, you know, kind of the joke that he's guarding David Duke as a black man. And he gets this picture taken with them and, and touches them. like puts his arms around them. Like that's true in the book. Like that actually happened. And so I thought that, yeah. that was interesting because it was really a, like a funny moment in the movie where you knew how uncomfortable, you know, David Duke was with him touching him. And the book, you know, he kind of like really drives it home that he kind of stuck it to him by getting his picture taken.
1: Yeah. Because it's one of those things because we've had, you know, because this movie does have a couple of embellishments and adds a little there that that may seem like some something that w- would have been embellished. So it was very fun. It was very funny to realize that no, that was something that was real and truthful and just a very uh, amusing moment there. You know, and, and another thing, like, I, like a lot of the scenes would seem where Ron Stallworth is uh, talking with David Duke over the phone like, that sounds like something that would have been embellished like like okay like yeah he's infiltrating this local chapter of the kkk but you know to actually talk with the whole leader of the organization seemed a little far-fetched but as i was reading the book i was like oh it was like wow no he really did he really did talk with them so that was pretty crazy and because i remember when this movie i didn't see it originally when it came out i remember seeing like trailers for it and everything on tv and and i'd see and uh they'd show scenes of him you know him and david duke talking that i kind of think okay that can't be that was probably a little embellished but very interesting that it was not but one uh thing uh that was very embellished is the uh there's the romantic subplot you want to talk a little about that yeah <laughs> Yeah, in the film, uh Ron Stalworth meets this uh, this uh young woman who's the president of the black student union, the local at the local college, and she's uh, she organizes a uh a speech by um the activist uh Kwame Ture and he meet and Ron Stalworth originally goes there undercover because the police feel that you know his uh, his act this activist is pretty uh, potentially starts something, or people, you know, or they are distru- you know, distrusting of these act these activists at the time. So he goes undercover, and then he meets this uh, he meets this young this yeah. young woman, and they begin this kind of romantic uh, subplot. But in the book, that doesn't happen at all. I think he did meet a girl uh, that night, but he says that they never spoke uh, um, beyond that. And like during the time, and then during the time, he uh, he does wind up meeting his future wife and starts dating. So maybe there were some kind of instances uh, of that of their relationship used to that, but pretty much uh, almost hundred percent f- fictionalized in the film.
0: It is interesting. That was definitely something that I, I didn't. Realize when you watch the movie that it's true, like very fictionalized, you know. And, and again, like the whole almost ending when that uh, wife of the one gentleman tries to bomb her house, and then she it blows up the husband and his buddy in the meantime, like that doesn't really happen in the movie. I mean, in the book, you know, where Ron Stallworth's trying to get to the girl's house because he knows they're going to bomb it, you know? So that's kind of all fictionalized. But I know you and I were talking earlier about the amount of, you know, kind of the different organizations that were involved in this. And like we said, the moot the movie when we were talking prior to the podcast, the movie really focuses on the KKK, the Black Student Union and the police department. But the book really shows like how many organizations were involved in coordinated, which yeah. I think I, I, you know, obviously the movie needs to be a little bit more simplistic or you're not going to follow who everybody is. But it was interesting the way it was so many different political groups and people wanted, had a stake in the game. You know, how many different Organizations that were being fed information and gathering information from the the, that were benefiting from the investigation because they were, you know, being able to put out police presence that they knew the Klan was going to be somewhere in a rally and give people a heads up. And, you know, there were so many different groups involved in it. And there was a, a survivalist group who didn't recognize the government who kind of wanted to merge with the Klan. And so, you know, there was more of that and kind of all the different groups of political activities that were going on, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Yeah, because that's another like a common practice you see in films that, you know, you do have to simplify it and break and break it down. And like the movie, it it runs like I think over two hours. And you know, so you don't really, you know, I I think Spike Lee and the right and the other writers and that felt like it would kind of add. You know, put too much put too much into it. So, you know, but it is very interesting how like the many different groups were involved on both sides and in the yeah. for some. It's um
0: the one of the, the kind of scariest realizations when I was reading this book is how deeply the Klan had a stronghold. And I'm sure it's not just in Colorado, but we know from the book reading it at that time in the 70s that of people in positions of power and law enforcement. Like they talk, talk about Fred Wilkins, who was a firefighter. Um, and they talk about the way the Klan was set on getting backing people to try to get them in public office um and get them in places of power. And I thought, you know, obviously you hear those things happening, right? And then but to read it from somebody's experience that they know, you know, it was interesting and, and it, and the amount of military people who were involved in the clan at Fort Collins right and I, you know you see that culminate with his visit to NORAD and they have two people who had top security clearance who were pretty high ranking members in the clan that the government then you know had removed from their positions and so like that's like you know that's a, a like a scary reality.
1: Yeah, a very scary. I know the movie the movie doesn't really go that much into it. They do touch on like the two members at Norad but not yep. that much which I uh which is like a it was like disappointing but it's a little surprising considering that you know Spike Lee is you know so, uh, a filmmaker who is mostly like controversial but someone who like in his films like hold no punches and is there you know a very politically charged person that I, I was kind of surprised that he wouldn't you know add in a lot of those elements to kind of highlight things like hey this is you know this is pretty big and this is happening uh, shine yeah. a light on some things like that so and I think maybe he my tried, biggest. tried-
0: to complaint. do that with the scene the the police who were I would say racist or dirty that they never really said were in the Klan were pulling over Patrice and Kwame Ture um, and, and the and her black friends and they were you know kind of they pulled them over for no reason and they were abusing them and. You know, not giving them their, not treating them with respect or really any humanity. Um, And then he goes on to say that he could do that whatever he wants. And they arrest him at the end because they have a wire on him. So you know, you see it a little bit there, but I feel like you know, you don't see the far reaches of it in the book, in the movie, like you do in the book.
1: Yeah, I guess like that officer, I think it's like uh, um, Officer Landers, I think his name is, and they like, and in the book, I, I think it was more like. He was again like more of a composite that you know just to kind of like put in like the general feelings that Ron Stallworth had fa- had faced on the on the police force and what um, the kind yeah. of uh, back. I agree with you. I think there was manifest. a lot of comp- yeah,
0: there's definitely a lot of composite characters to drive home a few points. But I did I liked them both in different ways. I think the movie is very entertaining as well as sh- highlights a real event that happened and the importance of it. Um, and I thought Tover Grace was a real great David Duke. (laughs) Um, and you know, I, but I also loved the book and I, this is one of those things where I would almost, and I did do it in the reverse and I'm kind of glad I did. And I don't usually, but it's one of those movies that those things where I like to watch the movie first and then read the book because it's kind of like supplemental. So you could actually get like the full story and the full scope of it. And I think historically for me, why, since we've been doing this is that, I like to read the book first, then the watch a movie But I did it in reverse this time. Um, and I'm glad I did because I think that they are both very good, like companions to each other, you know, one, one's entertaining and, you know, you get to see it in a big picture and, you know, see how it played out for lack of a better word, um, with, with entertainment. But then, you know, i really liked the book, how it's supplemented that.
1: Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. I agree. No, I did, I. I did start reading the book first. I wasn't a hundred percent. I was mostly done with the book when I watched the movie. Uh, But yeah, I I did agree like how they can be very much compliments. And I think the book is a little more thought provoking, but the film is uh, thought provoking as well. I'm just not to.
0: Yeah. uh, I think the book is like, great. This happened and I want to learn more about it. Yeah. (laughs) That the book would be good for that. Great. Any other topics you wanted to cover?
1: No, that's about it. I think, you know, I recommend I recommend both uh, to anyone that wants to re- uh, read this book or see this movie. I uh, highly recommend both.
0: I do too. Very thought-provoking, really. You know, you learn a lot of history and it's really interest. It's, it's you know, important history to learn and it's really good. Okay. Then. Great. Well, thanks, Lister. And until next week, uh, keep on reading.
1: And keep watching.